Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series, where we ask people from all walks of life to talk about their perception of the future and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. Mostly, it is presented as scary and a loss of opportunities. The Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Let's see what today's guest thinks. Today, our guest is Catherine Matuski. Catherine started her career in Adelaide in South Australia and she has been in technology training for all her career. She made a decision more than 30 years ago to go into business for herself and she's never looked back. She's been self-employed and grown a business after one pivotal day in a coffee shop in Balmain where she sat with a coffee and a piece of paper and did a 10-year life and business plan. Let's talk to Catherine and see how her business grew and where her passion lies. I'm Steve Barlow and we've got with us today our co-host Craig Saffin. How are you, Craig? Hi, Steve. Good morning. And we've also got our guest, Catherine Matiski. How are you, Catherine? Great. Thanks, Steve. Catherine, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? So I started my life in Adelaide in South Australia and I fell into the training industry right at the point where computers were coming out, PCs were coming out. And I ended up being a computer trainer because I happened to be good at it. So someone said, hey, can you train other people? And that was really the beginning of my training career. And I then moved to Sydney and from there um, was managing training centres in the computer industry at that time. And then thought, you know what, this is really boring. They're all very successful. And everyone at that time, if you remember, do you remember like going on to Word training and Excel training and all that? Well, I might have been your trainer in those days (laughs) because everyone did it. And then I thought, hang on a second, I want to do more than what I can in the confines of a job. So I thought I'll go out contracting for a while until I get another real job. So fast forward 30 years, I've never had another real job and I've been self-employed and I've grown my business. And after a couple of years, I thought, oh, okay, this is actually maybe a real business here. What could I do? What could be possible? So I was living in Balmain in Sydney and there was a great little coffee bar that I used to go to all the time. And I was the person with the piece of paper in the coffee bar and I did my 10-year line on my piece of paper and I thought what could I do with this little business I had no um no business plan nothing and I thought well it'd be great to be able to work in America and so that happened and then I expanded the business there I've got two offices there and then I expanded into Europe and Asia and so it's been a wonderful time really uh, and so when I look back at my career, it's amazing. It's mm. And the people that I've met have been incredible along the way. Mm. And the difference, like I know you're talking about the future of work, but the difference that I've seen mm. in my lifetime of work has been amazing. And now it seems to be speeding up, you know, so much. So mm. it, it's been incredible. So specifically, what does your business focus on? What is the specialty? 
So it's learning services to yeah. very large organisations in right, the world, okay. so the Fortune 100 companies of the world, and okay. we do we either certify trainers in ID9 Intelligent Design, which is the system that I built for um, training people and how to convert knowledge into training really quickly. Yeah. So we certify people in that, and we also get given a whole lot of content from organisations to turn into training. So that's ID9 Custom Design. Mm. And then I've got my new side of the business, the fledgling side, which I've just launched um, actually in the last 48 hours, it's launched called Unlocking a Genius, which has taken me away from the corporate market into the everyone market to really look at how learning can be done a lot better for everybody. So it's principally B2B, but you're also exploring the, uh, a B2C option, are you? Is that right? Yeah, Unlock Inner Genius is B2C. Yeah, and what's been interesting about it is we did some early market research and the parent market, the student market, the sports coach market, the teacher market, none of whom we've been involved with before, none. We've always been in these big corporates, have just latched onto this and said, where have you been? This is changing my world. So that's really been interesting. So why are you passionate about this learning environment and, and learning in, uh, the, at the enterprise level and also the consumer level? Craig, it does my head in. I Look, just give me a soapbox and I'm on it. It an, annoys me. It like no end, and I won't get all therapist and, you know, emotional, but it annoys me no end that we're taught to read and write and speak and all of those skills and we're not taught to learn. Mm. And we think if we're not doing well at school or we've got kids who are not doing well at school, we kind of think it's our fault. Mm. And maybe it is because maybe we're just ratty and whatever, but maybe it's not. And, and I see I see so many kids and I see so many frustrated parents and I see so many people in business who say, I don't like him or I don't like her or that, that person's difficult to deal with or they've got performance issues or whatever. But maybe that's true, but maybe there's another angle to this, mm. that in fact you as a leader are not communicating very well mm. to, to hook in these different types of people. Mm. Or maybe it's me saying, oh, I have to learn this new thing with all this new technology coming out and I'm not good at that. Well, maybe it's just because you don't know how you learn. And if you know how you learn, you can tap into that and go, oh, it's being presented to me this way. Mm. It's not my preferred. I'll now get that message into my preferred style and work with it. So really it's like, all this learning science that's mm. all very academic mm. is out there, which has been my life's work really, mm. to say how do I distill that down for this everyone market that mm. makes it accessible for everybody. And that's what that's what my real passion is around helping people to navigate, especially now, given that I grew up in the computer industry and I see it now. Like I just watched the news and Abra doing, you know, completely synthesised concerts now. It's like, oh, my goodness, that blows my head. But I grew up when there was an eight-inch floppy disk in a drive and we had a computer that had 10 megabytes and we couldn't think of why we would need that much space. Right. 
And so now I look at this technology and I think at the core of this, how are people going to adapt? How are people going to cope with that in a work environment at speed? And I think one of the pivoting points is that ability to take information in quick. That's what I'm about. So, so, so on that then, you know, things have changed quite a lot, haven't they, with the hybrid work environments and the different uh, different requirements brought on, uh, accelerated by the pandemic, actually. Uh, so what are you seeing as far as the, the learning styles and the requirements for the learning environment that have happened in the last couple of years? What's been the biggest changes? Well, I think that one of the... One of the most amazing things is obviously the pandemic with kids being educated at home, all corporate learning went to virtual mm. and people reached out to me and said, how do you do this? Well, my company has been virtual since 2006 mm. and all of my training has been virtual for the last 10 years, all of it. And for me, I spent a long time in high heels in front of a group of people in corporate, you know, presenting and training. And I can never see a reason to go back because my results virtually are so superior to what I could ever achieve in the classroom. And so what happened with the pandemic is everyone kind of got on that bus mm. and said, oh, I'll just do the same old thing but I'll do it now over Zoom. Well, that doesn't work, right? So there's a whole new mechanism of, of learning to happen when people are geographically dispersed. Mm. But the upside is that learning can be so much better in a virtual environment for lots of reasons and so much more inclusive because geography is no longer a thing. So learning has been kind of exclusive to who can get to the conference at a particular place in the world. It's been kind of an exclusive thing. Mm. And so now learning is completely open to so many people and accessible. And over the last couple of years with the pandemic, you know, we've seen parents having to flex and pivot to be able to work from home and educate their kids and do all of these things simultaneously, which has, you know, probably done the heads in of many of them. But it's it's a new thing. And I can't see, I wrote a book last year called Leading Virtual Teams at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I wrote it because people were pivoting out of their um, offices and going to work from home. And I wanted to help that process. And I knew how to do it because I had my business virtual for a long time. So all the things that we knew how to run business in, we, we I put into that book. And so that was really interesting. And now I can't see a reason. No one can tell me a reason why an office needs to exist, like mm. categorically. And I'm and people kind of go, oh yeah, you need the social bits and whatever. Yep, I get that. And yes, there's that water cooler chat and whatever, but technology is just taking over all of the reasons that someone can give me of why I need to traipse on a train, on a bus, to a city somewhere in the world to go in an elevator up to a floor to work. I just don't get it. Yeah, and I, so no I, one can give me a good reason. I, I, I regularly hear uh, HRDs uh, talking about the learner-centric model and things like that, and it's sort of what you're talking about, isn't it? It's all Absolutely. about 
by all about the learner rather than yeah. one size fits all, right? So absolutely. it's a pro program that suits a learner's style and things like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's all about putting the learner at the centre of the experience. The right. learner is the most important person. And what happens is you get a whole group of subject matter experts who think mm. that their content is the most important thing sure. and they forget about the learner. Right. So in, in this new piece of work that I've done with um, Unlocking a Genius, mm. I've created 12 archetypes of different learning preferences. And so generally people attach themselves to one of those archetypes that's a game changer because what happens is the person taking the course or writing a piece of digital learning is only one. So what about right. the rest of the 11? So that's what it's about. It's about creating learning that hooks in everybody and not just learning, any communication. What do you, so that's at the individual learning and, and learning is a very important because, um, you know, a lot of the people we're interviewing on this podcast series are talking about the, the requirement to learn and to upskill and to keep ahead of the curve and so on. So how they do it and the mechanisms they do it is what you're talking about. And that's so critical. What have you noticed about the changing requirements for leadership uh, in this, in this um, development? Well, I think I think given that we're in this pandemic and not seemingly getting out any time quickly, to be honest, um, I think for leaders, what I see is that that old style of meeting room leadership and that old style of leadership is just past tense now. It's that ability to connect with people on a really personal human level that is now separating one leader out from the next. Like I have people, I have clients who say, I haven't seen my manager in three months. Mm. It's like, really? And they say, I'll get like a two-line email. It's like, well, okay. And not even virtually. They, they haven't seen them, not even virtually. No. Not like, like this. No. No, right. no. And so that's frightening. Yeah. And then we see other leaders who are really super engaged mm. and become more like a peer-to-peer -peer coaching um, mentality and really striving to bring their groups along to still meet their business goals and their business vision. Mm. And they're just very different. So mm. that old style leadership, I, I don't think it's got a place anymore. And especially in this virtual world as well, for, for leaders to really be connected to their teams mm. to, and and connected to every team member yeah. is actually really tricky for a lot of people. They just don't feel natural in doing that. No. So, so they're the ones that, you know, they show up late to a Zoom call. Well, show up, be the first person on the Zoom yeah, call yeah. and chat to people. Like it's the little tiny things. That's We're the not Bar talking. The Barack Obama approach, isn't it? Always Absolutely. be the first there. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We're not talking things that take masses of time or masses of education. We're talking about saying, who do I have in my team? What are they going through? Oh. I've noticed that my team member is really disengaged. What's going on? Does that person have, you know, kids that are an issue or family issues or health issues? Or what's going on? Those things didn't surface so much, I don't think, pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think now that's all very heightened. So that more empathetic human uh, approach, right, even though you're quite often doing it virtually, uh, which is quite a skill in itself, isn't it, to keep mm, the human mm. piece virtually, that's quite mm. difficult, isn't it? Mm, mm. Mm. And I say to my team, you know, we use some basic tools, Slack, 
We for uh, yeah. chat, Trello, and we use Dropbox, right? Yeah. So they're really accessible tools. Yeah. And I and and Zoom for all of our meetings. And I say, if you want to meet with me, imagine that I'm in my office. Mm. Just send me a Zoom link into Slack and just say, can I just have a chat? Great. Mm. And then we're just on. It's like knock on my door, you know. Anytime. If we were in an office, you'd walk past and say, oh, hey, Catherine, can I ask you about this? Do the same thing. Mm. It's not that we have to make meeting times. And I'm very anti-meetings. I'm very, I mean, I've been anti-meetings ever since I worked in corporate because I think they're yeah. a waste of time. If you want to do work with me, I'll meet with you. But if you want to meet for an update, send me an email okay. or put something on Trello. I don't need to meet with you for that, but I'll happily work with you mm. anytime you want. And that's just a shift in thinking. Interesting. Okay. So what, so let's go back to the uh, cafe in Balmain and, um, if, if you were there uh, uh, next week, uh, what sort of advice would you give to yourself um, for, for the future and uh, setting yourself up for future now that you are a bit older and wiser? I think when I was in that cafe, I hadn't yet had a conversation with someone in New York because I hadn't been to New York at that point. And he said to me, say yes to everything. And when I was in that cafe, I kept thinking, no, it's not possible or, you know, it's just a dream state, all of that stuff. And I think had I known then, and I do say yes to most things in my life, you want to go hang gliding? Sure. You want to go hot air ballooning? Sure. I, I'm scared out of my mind, right? But you just got to show up for life and, oh. and say, here I am you know, you've got to die of something. You might as well die hang gliding, having a great time, right? So so it's the whole notion of anything is possible. Mm. And I remember that I've still got that sheet of paper. It's a piece of paper with a line on it, with the date, with a date 10 years from then. I've still right. got that piece of paper. And when I was writing down things like speak at a conference in America, I could hardly write it down. Because I thought, oh, if anyone sees this, they'll just think I'm. I laugh at you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now I think, oh, get the piece of paper out and just go for it. You know, why not? Why not? And and also, I, I think one of the key things is that I've always kept my technology knowledge up. I'm a real nerd. Like I'm a real nerd. If there's something new, someone tells me about something new technology-wise, I'm on it. Because mm. I never want to get left behind. Mm. And that's one of my greatest secret skills is mm. my technology knowledge. And I've only done that because I've always said yes to, oh, there's this new product out. Oh, okay, great. Oh, let me have a look at it. Or oh, can I use that for something? Can I do this? Can I do this? And it, I think it's that embracing that future technology on not not saying I'm going to do it in five years, but what, what can I learn today that can make me more efficient, more productive, whatever it is, or just more interesting mm. to keep that alive? I think that's super important. Mm. And I see so many people get left behind. Like I've got friends and family who go, oh, I have no idea how to use any of this stuff. And you go, really? We're the same age. What mm. happened? You know? So it's like just always keeping up. And it's hard to do. 
Sure. It's hard to do. No, yeah. It is hard to do, yeah, but, uh, but you've got to just have the energy and the willingness, right, the commitment. Mm, 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 yeah, fantastic. Mm. And I don't think, you you know, I, I see people who are really, I see people who are really boring and I think, why are they boring? And it's because they've stopped learning. Mm. They've stopped embracing new stuff. Mm. Perhaps I can start to pull some threads together here, Catherine, if that's okay. Um, <clears throat> I think it's been a wonderful uh, talk and a wonderful example to uh, anybody listening as to how to position yourself and how to think about the future. Because um, uh, the first thing that comes across is, is about attitude and, uh, you know, taking yourself back all those years to when you were sitting in that cafe and looking ahead uh, to, to a life yet unlived, um, you, you talked about, uh, you know, what could be possible, thinking about what could be possible here. Where are the opportunities? And then you talked about, you know, uh, don't get left behind, that kind of driver that need to keep up, need to be ever learning. And that openness to the future, the looking for possibilities, the taking responsibility and taking it seriously enough to do that is a very impressive thing. And it's a, it's a good thing to do. So having the right attitude is the, is the first part. And then you talked a lot about the whole learning thing. And, you know, it comes across very strongly that the world is changing and we're all to some extent struggling to catch up with it all. And learning has got to be a major thing that we've got to be doing in our lives. If we're not learning, we're getting left behind. It's as simple as that. And so learning is a key priority for, for everybody, whether you're a, a, a leader, a manager, or just a regular person, you've got to be learning just to, just to, stay, just to stay up with it, let alone get ahead. So that's, that's a really positive thing. And the second thing you talked about in relation to learning there is, is taking the initiative yourself. Uh, it's, it's really not up to someone else whether I learn. It's, it's up to me. And I've got to figure out how I learn the best, what suits me, how do I do it well, and just stick with what I do well and try, try to leverage that so that I can position myself uh, to win. And then you talked about learning in relation to leadership and in relation to things like training, and you made the point very strongly that it's not about training, it's about learning. Learning is the goal. It doesn't matter the training, that's just a means to an end. Mm. All of these different tools and all of these different approaches are only means to an end. The question is, do people actually learn what they need to learn? And uh, so focusing on that end goal and then uh, the second part of it is um, that leaders need to, one of the things that leaders, leaders need to learn is how to, how to operate in this virtual world. The world has changed. It will probably never go back to what it was. It was probably never going to stay what it was anyway, with or without COVID. So leaders need to learn how to connect with other people in this current world and how to do leadership well. And that in itself is a major learning challenge. And so everybody 
has got to, if you want a place in the in the future world, if you want a place in the humanized workforce, uh, it's not so much about the machines, it's about you and it's about you learning and you having the right attitude. So that's what I got out of your message today. Absolutely. And, and everyone has that choice. Mm. And for some people, that choice is really hard. Mm. And let's not take that away. They've been doing what they've been doing for their whole lives. Mm. So to actually start to do something different for many people is a real challenge. Mm. So what I talk about is saying, just do one little thing. Look at your phone today and look at one of those apps you've never pressed on and press it. See what happens. It's the tiny little steps that make start to make the inertia and the difference. Yes, yes. Reminds me of what Tony Foon said, uh, Craig, about the 1%. Yeah, just 1%, yep. I, I think the, uh, the, t- the key takeaway for me today is uh, say yes to everything. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to be my earworm today, that's for sure. <laughs> Catherine, thank you very much. Your energy and uh, your passion is amazing. So thank you. Okay. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Humanize Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcast. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews for future guests.